This is a Big MX podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles, presented by Tech One Designs, 204 Skate Shop, West Side Honda, Capital Motorsports, Golden Tire, and Trans Canada Motorsports out of Brandon, Manitoba. Motocross news from around the world. We're not experts, but we've got microphones. Check us out on the web at BigMXRadio.com. Welcome to the Big MX Podcast Show, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, 204 Skate Shop, Tech One Designs, Capital Motorsports, Westside Honda, Polaris of Selkirk, Manitoba, TransCanada Motorsports of Brandon, Manitoba, and new for this weekend, or this week's show, Northern Lights Raceway, which brings us one of our, our co-hosts. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the other line is two of my favorite individuals in this world, one of them, one of which brought to you, brought to you by... Northern Lights Raceway, none other than Alex Zoborowski and Chris Mellon. How's it going, guys? It's going good, Brad. How are you, my friend? Not too bad, not too bad. Just uh, here getting ready to break down the East Rutherford, New Jersey Supercross, otherwise known as the New York Supercross that happened just this last weekend. Um, to be honest, not a whole lot of huge, huge uh Events happening throughout the night. Uh, if you'd you'd guess uh, you'd guess the winners for the most part, it, there was the guys who uh, really excelled. Obviously, had some drama in some of the heat races and stuff like that. But we're gonna break down every single little bit of it, starting with uh, the the 250 coverage brought to you by Capital More Sports. Capital More Sports sponsoring the 250 breakdown for this week, and starting out with our leader. Um, Justin Bogle, and be- but before we get to that, what did you guys think of having uh, the race back in New York uh, for the first time since 1991? Well, I think the whole series made a big deal about it, just being in New York, all the fancy buildings and famous people that are there, and like they were saying, they brought out all the PR, brought out all the fancy banners for this weekend, and they really made a big deal of it, so I guess it was a big deal. But, you know, they make a splash new places they packed it apparently they're going back next year so that's a good thing but bring it into new york even though technically i guess it is in new jersey can't be a bad thing spread the love alex yeah it's just a i don't know it's another venue on the on the stop on the east coast i don't think it's neither here nor there it's nice to have uh have another uh, race venue added to the to the series and they, they seem to, to do all right. They packed the building pretty well and uh, see how it turns out next year. Yeah, like, uh, having not actually been able to go to the event, uh, a little bit of a, a downer, the fact that neither none of us were able to go enjoy the uh, the city itself. I think that's the main, uh, main attraction is that the riders are able to go in a couple of days early, enjoy the sights, uh, take in a city that they wouldn't normally otherwise be able to do. Uh, but otherwise, pretty much... Uh, it's a, it's another stadium. It's a football stadium. Uh, a nice long start straight, which happened to uh, looks like he was, they actually used different dirt for the uh, start straight. I'm not too sure what was the uh, the reasoning behind that. Nevertheless, um, added a little bit of a wrinkle uh, for for the racers this weekend. And uh, as you guys uh, change out your audio, um, I didn't hear what you you're said. You're receiving it. the audio on my side. You guys can hear me all right. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was a good Supercross. I think it was a good venue, obviously, uh, for fans that were there. Uh, they get to enjoy one of the 
premier uh, premier stadiums. It's brand new, 2013. They, it was uh, completed on construction, and uh, yeah, it just seemed like it was a a good place to hold a Supercross. Uh, Alex, you weren't you weren't watching Supercross back in 1991, correct? Uh, I watched a bit of Supercross, but no, not didn't follow it religiously. Not not like it is these days. Yeah, obviously it was a lot harder to uh, cover uh, follow the series as the uh, the races were often obviously none of them were live and a lot of them were were played kind of odd hours on uh, ESPN too. Uh, Chris, you were pretty li- religious about following back then, calling one nine hundred pro race. So yeah, what do you guys think about um, the fact that uh, we've had two uh, fifties and four fifties, the leader or the, at least the the eventual winner leading the majority of these main events? Like, um, does, is that uh, is that just a sign of the uh, the depth of the class right now? Well, in the two fifties, Dakota sled the, the first bit, and then Bishaglia held off Bogle for quite a while. But on the 450s, for sure, when RV hole shots, that's it. And I don't even think anyone behind him really pushes that hard. They know at the end of the race he's going to win it, unless he bails hard and crashes, of course. But I think if RV hole shots, the night's pretty much done. But in the 250s, it was a good race. It was awesome to see uh, hometown boy Dakota's hole shot lead for a while, get some laps under his belt at the front of the pack, and uh, unfortunately, when Bishaglia passed him, he went down there. And but Bishaglia really helped Bogle, and there obviously wasn't any team tactics like let the points leader guy go by, being teammates. And I thought Bishaglia rode really good for. I think in the last couple of weeks, I was talking about how not impressed I was this year, how he didn't really make a splash. But for sure, now he's led some laps in the 250 class. Uh, he's got to feel good about himself. But uh, do you think with Dakotas being a hometown boy and the track being a little bit slippery, people might discount that a little bit? or Because the track really did look good, and Villapoto was talking about how tacky and awesome it was. But you think they're going to take a little bit away from him for that? I don't think they should. I think they might, but I don't think it's warranted as um, Dakotas has been slowly building up momentum throughout the series. He's been solid. He's racing in his, uh, what, 14th Supercross this year, having only missed a couple, uh, like Seattle and Anaheim won for actually racing them. He was at every other event. Um, he's done well so far this year, and I think that um, ha- having your hometown Supercross might actually add a few more nerves to the uh, through the um, the your system to uh, have to deal with. So I wouldn't really call that an edge because there's a lot of distractions from having a lot of friends and family at the track and whatnot, pressure to perform. True. And he, he did exactly that. He actually posted the fastest lap time of the, of the, the main event with a 56.042 to uh, Justin Bogle's 57.052. Uh, so he had, he had himself a good ride. And... Um, and see, with that, I, I think if you're a team manager looking in, uh, obviously we always hear they're looking for speed, right? You know, if the kid mm-hmm. maybe isn't uh, doesn't have the best training program yet or whatever, they're looking for speed. So we set the fastest lap of the day, and under the pressure of the hometown crowd, obviously he thrives under pressure, and that's good to see. And we know some of the best riders in the biz – that was one of their best selling points is that they are good under pressure. So I think those are two good things that happened for Jimmy D this weekend. Yeah, I think uh, it was a 
Great, re- great weekend for Jimmy D. Well, obviously, winning the heat race was huge. Uh, I don't remember actually hearing him uh, too much on the uh, the the post race interview. I think he's always pretty well spoken, but uh, nevertheless, uh, um, he got yeah, Harley good, good. Davidson, and then they actually did a little mini interview with him after that, where Jenny Taft was right. with him in the rain. So a little bit of extra that was awesome too. Can't hurt that Peter whoever's in charge that we obviously know his name or like he'll run out jimmy d just won his first heat hometown boy go see what he's doing you know so no i think he got lots of coverage which is good and i think we're talking about him too uh he's on dmxs tonight like the boy's getting his name out there which is good to see of course Absolute. Now uh, let's let's start to run down the the top of the order starting with justin bogle uh Cushing, Oklahoma's Justin Bogle. He's in his, I think, third full season with the uh, the Geico Power Sports Amsoil Muscle Milk uh, Yoshimira team. Um, goes ahead and wins the ch- wins wins the race and effectively wins the championship. Now being up uh, almost uh, easy forty points uh, 40, 40 points ahead now at least. Um, well, basically, I don't think anyone can, or at least he's at least twenty points, twenty five points ahead. So um, seventeen ahead of Davalos, but unless Davalos invests in some uh, robot legs in the next couple <laughs> weeks, which you know it's a risky procedure, but I think it could. Well, yeah, yeah. But I uh, think he's a, he's almost a full race ahead of the next active rider. Oh, so uh, the next active rider is, is Freeze with forty six points back. Yeah, so. He's yeah. got this. He's not crowned the champion yet, which should be, you know, they could have done in a perfect world this weekend, but I think they're holding that off till, uh, till Vegas, obviously. Yeah, absolute. Uh, and you it, can't, it, you can't, uh, re- award it to him until absolutely, uh, uh, the, the championship's been won, but I think a good ride from Bogle, uh, and uh, a good ride in the rain, which, um, from Oklahoma, like a lot of uh, rainy conditions there every once in a while. So uh, I think it was a good ride from him. What about Jeremy Martin? Has he turned this season around? Yeah, getting second place, I'm sure it felt good. Um, it's known, like, you know, everyone's talked about it, that he didn't get off to the best start to the season. But, you know, now that the class is kind of depleted a bit, lots of the AC is gone, right? So I think that yeah. kind of knocks everyone down a place. Um, the top three are out. Exactly. And so with that, getting a second, that'll get his confidence up going into outdoors, which can't be a bad thing either. I mean, in points, the champions, you know, hopes for anything positive is done. But no, I think it's good to get a second place. And he rode really good. Like he made some sweet passes, moved up through the pack. And I think he was catching Bogle there for a bit pretty good. Um, coming up to the end of the race. I don't know if Bogle had his, you know, he had a big enough lead that it didn't matter. But uh, with Martin is kind of known for his endurance too. I think he trains down with Carmichael's mom, which, you know, she obviously beat the crap out of Ricky and kept him in check. Mm-hmm. But uh, So J-Mart rode good. His brother Alex was riding really good and until he went down. But another thing, one thing I noticed with uh, Alex Martin and Dakotas, the mud was just that tacky, tacky, sticky where both their handlebars, as soon as it hits the mud, the rest of your night's not going to be the same. Like, you know, once your grips are covered in mud, oh. I don't even know how you would seat bounce stuff and be confident. Like, you'd be constantly probably rubbing it off, rubbing it off. But, I mean, that changes your whole night to and still be able to go out and put in a good solid ride. Uh, 
it shows what these guys are made of. Yeah, it looked slimy out there. As soon as it started to rainfall, uh, it just it just looked like uh, really really greasy, um, which seemed to kind of play into the strengths of uh, Vince Freeze. He's uh, he's a Cal- he's not from California, but he for the main majority of his. Uh, uh, career he's um, he's been living out there I think it's uh, something that he that helped out with uh, his ability to do well uh, and, and get himself that podium ride uh, Alex what do you think of uh, Vince Freeze in third place um, in in, la- in Saturday night's race I think uh, I think Freeze had a good ride uh, on Saturday night. he's uh, he's been fairly consistent through the latter half of the season here and I think it was just a matter of time before he's going to make his way up there uh, up to the up into a podium position and actually that I I kind of think that the same uh, to go back a little bit is uh, with Jeremy and uh, and, and Jimmy or, or uh, yeah Martin and, and, and Jimmy you know both had a pretty rocky start beginning of the season, call it uh, rookie uh, jitters or whatever, but both consistently moving up and, and getting better and quicker as the as the season progressed. So look at all yeah, I, I think uh, that, that that's basically where that's that's where Vince Freeze should be, uh, given the field the way it is. Like say if if you have uh, all three of those top three guys uh, in the series or in this race. I think they they would end up somewhere in the uh, yeah, he would he, like if you had if those guys had been one two three and to think that Vince Freeze gets sixth in that situation I don't think is too much of a stretch so uh, a third place with those guys uh, removed is definitely within his grasp and I think uh, um, actually I probably would have been disappointed if he had done anything else uh, Matt Lemoyne rounding out your top five uh, with uh, we already talked about Bashalia a little bit uh, rookie year. In Supercross, his best finish so far being the fourth, and uh, Matt Lemoyne, another strong, um, strong ride from Pilot Point, Texas. Uh, his Kawasaki, um, one of the only non Hondas out on the track. I think yeah, yeah, what was yeah. it? Uh, two Yamahas, three Cowies, four Cowies altogether, uh, and one KTM. Landon Powell piloting that sucker. Um, <laughs> Honda must have one heck of a contingency program. Hey, you always say that it's just a sweet bike. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, like suck it. It's the f- pure pure bias by someone who is spinning laps on a 2014 I love that Honda. Bike, it just handles so well. Like mine's slow, but I'm sure those guys have tons of time, you know, to make the motor hum, and it it just handles so good. So you take it for a ride, and then you'll be like, yeah, contingency program. Yeah, no, it's because they have to buy it, and they have to ride it. So uh, I think that has a little bit more to do with it. And Honda's notoriously, like, I put a lot of laps on mine. I got it late, or, you know, last year, and they're just durable. You can beat the shit out of them, and they're fine. So uh, go down to Westside Honda and pick up a brand-new CRF250, and you definitely will not be upset. Definitely. Tell them. Uh, tell them we sent you. Um, on technically on a Honda, but also all, uh, marked down uh, as being on a MCR 250. Kyle Cunningham with a sixth place position uh, coming into uh, a Supercross that he actually uh, has performed well in uh, in years past at the in Vegas coming up this weekend. Uh, a, a strong finish in sixth place. Um, what uh, what what do you guys think about the Smart Top ride? I think Smart Tops. 
in general are just an amazing device and thing, and every human should buy one for their hot tub. Um, but rather than putting a smart MCR Honda, just come on, claim a Honda already. Like, just quit it. I think we had covered that with the Alessi thing in an earlier podcast. But Cunningham's good. He uh, has that speed. In the past, he hasn't been super consistent. That's kind of always been his thing. He has ridden good at Vegas. But uh, he's been in that class long enough and had some solid rides that he's always seems to be around that same place. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see more of the same. I mean, a sixth place in a depleted field would have been a ninth. You know, nothing really amazing that uh, I think Michael Essie is going to pat him on the back for. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it was it was a solid ride. I think uh, that like running the number thirty, that's about uh, where he should be in a Supercross. I think you could probably expect better things from him outdoors. Uh, we touched a little bit on uh, Alex Martin after his bars uh, ended up in the mud. It's very difficult to uh, get a grip out there. Uh, still posted some pretty good times throughout the evening and uh, did did quite well. I think uh, Rock River uh, Yamaha's. Um, uh, Alex Martin definitely had a had a great ride on his Yamaha. Um, see, back. Mitchell, now that I look at this, if Cunningham didn't fall, you know, I'm not sure. Cameron wasn't on him the whole time. Martin and Dakotas are the major names that finished behind him. They both had issues. He should be, you know, I don't think that that's a really amazing ride at all then, you know, and but it got to sixth place, which is an amazing ride. So, yeah, maybe I'm just being a dick here and maybe just... 10 through 22 are people, you know, we got Justin Starling, AJ Contazaro, local guy, who had, he had a bad night, he had a crash, but uh, the last couple names on this list are really not household names here. You bite your tongue, sir. Okay. That's Cade Clayson from Arcadia, Ohio. I'm pretty sure that's which, pro, which state that is. There's five guys that are listed that, that have no sponsors so by that i suppose they're paying full pop for everything kyle bitterman is sponsored by uh Com- compound mx helix five and one which i don't want to know what that is uh oh that's a five and one tr- the fuel treatment and adams i just assume that's adams Seeing Cerullo as a sponsor, nice of him to, to sponsor Kyle Bitterman. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like these guys. Uh, the tail end of, the, of this class, um, maybe not as strong as it was at the beginning of the series. Maybe not as strong as it's been in years past. But um, I, uh, you got to hand it to guys like Levi Kilberger, who have been at every round so far, coming in with a fifteenth and. Um, like I, I, I think you really got to give a hats off to uh, okay, anyways, Jacob Bomer. Um, Bogle pretty much had them hand. I think Bomer. We didn't know. Yeah, I like Bomert. Bomert, Bomer getting a fourteenth <laughs> career high. I'm sure. Good for you, buddy. And uh, but keep it up. We'll see if they can pull off these same results at Vegas. But Bogle. I Bowers, think he bro. did ride conservatively, considering whatever. You know, you, you put your helmet on your lineup at the, you know, you're going to give it all you got. But I think he put in a really good ride and didn't pull off anything stupid. And that made him the champion. And coming off kind of a ride that Geico already had a fill in rider for because of his injuries earlier, that's just another high five to him because 
nobody even expected him to be out there this year. Maybe he got those robot parts put in, and maybe Davalos is going to look into who's what doctor he used and then get some robot legs and be out there for Vegas and blow everyone's mind and come back and win the championship. But I think it's kind of cool. And then retire. Davalos has kind of never had the best, you know, nobody really liked him. And I don't know why. He gets to come back to the series. Oh, God, that's terrible. But I think this is really going to make people like him more because you know he had the series he has an injury that just is a terrible situation but yeah if he comes back and i wouldn't doubt it he will be in a pc cowie next year but i mean does back even and pretend or does he just wait for 2015 east coast 250s uh i think he goes uh east coast 250s yeah no me too but 100%. That, that I think uh, that that's about as that's a you can chalk that one up there uh, as as surely as um, as much as you, as you like your uh, your 250f. Um, so that's the 250s. Anything else that you guys have anything on the 250s at all? Uh, Justin Starling putting in a career best 12. Yes, the 99 machine. One of his best rides he's ever had, 12th place overall. Uh, not uh, not a great not a great ride in terms of uh, like fastest laps out there, but they were consistent laps. He ends up in 12th place, just ahead of uh, one of the hometown boys, uh, AJ Contanzaro, which uh, definitely helps out his uh, his goal of uh, getting a top 50 national number for 2000 and. Uh, 2015 and he's going full-time outdoors as well nice. so um uh, a little bit of th- and we'll see what he can pull off in vegas as well yes um so the 450s with rv clinching his fourth title no, first before we go to before we go to uh 450s we've got to do commercial break but before we do the commercial break let's uh let's do a little trivia i got some trivia questions for the two of you uh chris obviously yours is a little bit harder than alex's That's uh, starting off with chris um on uh this uh 2000 or 1993 supercross in uh, in Tampa, Florida, February thirteenth. Mike Craig. Uh, sorry. Mike Craig. It was not Mike Craig. Uh, who who won the two fifties that night? Did Mike Craig win the four fifties or do good? You're probably staring at the results right there. What's that? Ninety three Tampa, Florida. Ninety three Tampa. Damon Huffman. That's no. This is two, this is the 450 class. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I get that. Sorry, my exchange rates are off in years and stuff. Uh, so right. the, the big bike class 93 Tampa. Well, that would have been what round was it? Uh, it's the fourth round. McGrath. You're right. Yeah. But who won the two fifth or who won the 125s? That's not Kate. That's what. The 125s, I'm going to say, yeah, Damon Huffman. Too bad. Okay, wait, wait, wait. It's Chad Pedersen. Oh, Chad that... Pedersen, these, uh, these um, trivia questions are brought to you by 
Westside Honda. Westside Honda bringing you these trivia questions. And now for Alex Zoborowski. <laughs> in 1997, the East Supercross Championship was won by Tim Ferry. How many races did he win? Uh, all of them. None he of, won. None of them. None of them. None of them. Thank you for helping him, uh, Chris, as uh, you were holding, oh, yes. holding up hand signals. <laughs> I saw it the whole time. But uh, let's uh, let's quickly go to go to commercial break. And okay, we'll be right no, I, back. Have a, I have a question for you. Ah, how many toss do you use on your goggles to go out and practice? How many tear offs do you put on your? Do I put on? Yes. To go practice? Yes. I always put one on. So you're that guy, are you? I always put one on to save the lens as well as practice taking tear-offs off. Nice. But, you know, if you put more than one, you're just going to pull once and lose them all anyways, right? That's right. Cool. And now on to our commercials. So, do you like stuff? Or possibly things? How about a huge selection of motocross and street bike gear from apparel brands like Troy Designs, Alias, Icon, and Power Bands, every single color you can think of? How about 25 years of custom suspension and motor service for a full service shop, all of which you can find at Capital Motorsports? Mention this Big MX podcast to receive a VP gas can with spout for only $40 as well as 100% off your next set of motocross tires. Just kidding, we can't back that up, but ask for about it anyway. Check out Capital Motorsports at 157 St. Anne's Road, Winnipeg, Manitoba, or call them not-so-toll-free at 204-237-6686. Make your way down to Westside Honda Polaris and check out the brand new Honda Grom. Honda's revolutionary 125cc fuel-injected mini-moto ultimate weapon. A must-see for all motocross enthusiasts. From the Grom to the usual suspects like the CBR600RR, CRF450R, Westside Honda Polaris of Suffolk, Manitoba has you covered. Check that out on the web at westsidehonda.ca. Call toll-free at one 888 and we're back (laughs) that's right we're back uh 250s are in the books 450s up next um and uh we start off with the champ the four five four time champ He's been uh, he's been crowned. Um, they did a little interview with him, talking about uh, how much he enjoys his his life as a racer. Uh, and uh, from what it sounds like, uh, if if Ryan Villapoto's not winning, he's not having any fun. And uh, uh, for a guy who works that hard, I think it's pretty that's pretty re- pretty realistic. Actually, you think of how how hard he has to work to keep his body in the condition that he does, and. Uh, uh, I know it's it's definitely not easy that that workout regiment, uh, as well as uh, the types of injuries that he's had to come back from. Uh, the four-time champ sounds to me like he's a little bit worn out. He's kind of over the. Uh, go ahead. 
No, I don't blame him. Like he's been doing this at the elite elite training level for seven years now. Like he wants to just chill a bit. I'm sure like, he has more money in the bank than anybody else needs. But you know, I think he's gonna finish off his contract. There's been all those rumors about his knee. Doesn't seem like it's gonna be an issue going outdoors. Who knows what'll happen? First round in outdoors, um, but uh, I think going in, if we're going to see the final year of the wearing the number one plate, and then he's just going to ride off and set with uh, money falling behind him rather than dust and retire a very happy, happy young man. Yeah, like I think um, Seattle, so, Washington's Ryan Villapoto, like he's he's just uh, he's he's kind of. It's gonna run its course. He's he's made the money that he wants to in the sport. Uh, I think uh, it's been publicized that he's kind of maxed out his win bonuses with Kawasaki. Um, and uh, I think yeah, he's he's, a, he's he's gotten to the point where Ricky Carmichael was at the end of his career, where he has accomplished everything he set out to do. Uh, he's literally been basically unstoppable in pretty much every 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 series that he's competed in the full series. Um, so uh, yeah, I can't take away anything away from the guy, and I think he, like you said, he's gonna rot off into the sunset with uh, dollar bills uh, falling behind him, and and it'll be uh, it'll be curtains for uh, the number one machine with uh, who who's uh, taking a liking to the number two, but we actually haven't seen him wear it too often this year, or at all. But I think with Villapoto saying how important winning is to him, he's gonna go out like Carmichael on top. He's not gonna kind of look at this, I'm getting seconds, I'm getting third, I still can get the odd race win here. That's not what he's all about. He's going to put in the time and the effort to win, and as soon as he's not winning consistently, peace, I'm out, see you later. He doesn't find it worth it to put in that amount of effort to lose, which I don't blame him. And he's already, lots of, but see, the sad part is, you know, guys put in much amount of effort and all they do is lose. You know, they don't even get to win one race. So, him saying that, I'm sure, is kind of a kick in the nuts to a bunch of the guys out there doing this week in and week out, especially some of the privateers that are paying for it themselves. But, you know, he's obviously putting more money and more time and more effort into it than the other guys. So I think he does have a point, you know. He does that to win, and it takes a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. I think that he's, uh, he's taken... Uh everything he can out of the sport he's done everything that uh he's wanted to in terms of goals and i think that um with his body in the current state that it is i think he'd like to try and get out while uh, while he still can and, and and still uh um have a happy productive life uh, going forward and um yeah i can't can't really blame the guy he's been overly he's been extremely dominant for the last eight years in the sport winning his first title in 2006 uh, still dominant, and uh, there's rumors that he's going to be racing the outdoor series, and we completely, uh, um, basically left him out of the uh, our um, our our 450 uh, uh, preview show for the outdoors. So if if uh, Ryan Villapoto does line up and does race the full series, um, is is he the obvious favorite? Well, yeah. What do you think, Alex? Okay, okay. Just with the the track record alone for him, like mm-hmm. he's uh, he's he, it speaks for itself. He's he's virtually unstoppable out there unless you somehow pressure him into making mistakes. Uh, uh, he's pretty cut and dry. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a fun stat that uh, when Ryan Villapoto races every round of a series, he's uh, unbeaten so far. Um, even uh, having he's, missed one. Sorry, but he's a smart champion too. Like he doesn't go out there and tries to kill everyone every weekend like other people have. <clears throat> James Stewart, you know, and go twenty four and zero or crash and die. So, you know, they're just think of the reels that Stewart and Carmichael have left us with compared to Villapoto. You don't see those massive high-speed bails with him because he's more controlled, I think, even just mentally. Like, he'll let people have a race, let people... He'll get second, he'll get third, and that's not a big deal. And I think that's why he's the champion all these times. Like, his goal isn't to go 24-0, I'm sure. Like, he's... I don't even think he cares much about Glenn Helen. Get in, get out without being 20th in points. Uh, I think yeah, he's, I think, he's matured yep. quite a bit over the years, though. I don't think that's the the RV uh, the same as you would have seen him uh, two or three years ago. He was uh, the only place he wanted to be was on top of the box. I think that's just come with uh, with seasoning uh, over the years, and 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 like you're saying, like he's 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 pretty much topped out. There's not many more places uh, for him to go from here. Yeah, I think um, he's like, he, like I said, he's achieved what he want. He set out to do. He's made his money, um, and uh, what, like what, what kind of legacy will uh, will Ryan Villapoto leave? Will he be remembered the way that uh, McGrath is is remembered? Like uh, having him and him and McGrath the only two who have uh, achieved <coughs> four straight championships. I think um, McGrath actually. Throughout his tenure as a champion, he was uh, at one point booed for winning so much and, and, and making it boring, and then now seems to be more celebrated than ever, having him on the, the TV quite often, having him do interviews, having him do this, that, and the other thing. Um, will Ryan Villapoto um, have that same... Uh, will he play that same character, or will he be asked to play that same I, character I, because there's the demand, or what, what do you guys think? It probably depends on the opportunities that are put in front of him. See, with McGrath, I think he, he's always been a fan favorite. He invented the knack-knack, and he showed it off at every round as kind of his signature thing. RV doesn't have that, right? I think RV will be known, like, to answer the question about his legacy, like, I think he'll be known as the champion's champion type of thing, if you will, to the core moto nerds like ourselves who understand what he went through to beat Reed, Stewart, you know, all the mm -hmm. best guys consistently, and be Dungey, beat everyone every year he started profession. And I think to guys like us and Moto Nerds, he's going to be respected as one of the best, if not the best. But I think he's not going to, it depends on the future. Like A lot of McGrath's fans are still McGrath fans because he goes out and throws knack-knacks still in packed stadiums. So McGrath still keeps himself relevant type of thing. If mm -hmm. RV retires when his body's in good enough shape to haul a deer carcass out of the bush still, and he's not you know doing these whips and waving to the crowd at these Supercross events, I think the new kids and the new generation won't remember him as fondly as, say, the new generation does McGrath, who've actually seen him ride and seen him throw a knack-knack in a stadium or whatever he's doing, you know? So it depends how much he rides after and how relevant he keeps himself. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think it's true. I think uh, 
one thing that RV really has going for him right now is that Supercross is coming back into the limelight. It's gaining traction uh, through media coverage these days, and I think his timing is going to be key with the younger generation to come in. He's been so dominant and so upfront, and every young boy, girl racing out there wants to be number one, and and this is the guy they've been looking up to for so long. So yeah, I think he'll have a he'll have a pretty long, outstanding legacy. Um, if it was me, I'd probably go for number five and be, try to beat McGrath's record, but uh, but that's that's one in itself. Well, that's well, that's an interesting for. question right there. Uh, if if he returns strong, 2015, uh, with uh, I actually don't like how many guys are actually even moving up next year that have a chance at winning. Like um, nobody well, really. Sealy might make. Sealy's not going to start winning too, but I don't think Villapoto. RV is not worried about anybody. He's worried about Stewart. If Stewart can put his head together and stay consistent, that's the only piece that can take RV out of whatever he wants to do. You know, in his mind, he's got Dungey beat, right? And I think in Dungey's mind, RV's got him beat too. So the only person he's got to beat is Stewart, and Stewart takes himself out of the equation a lot, I think. So really it's kind of in his hand as long as he keeps working hard keeps up the schedule and is fit and healthy it's his championship to lose until he hangs up the boots fair enough um let's uh let's move on from rv uh the the four-time champ to uh the two-time champ um of uh of james stewart uh, coming into this this round, he had the very very likely possibility that he was going to be able to uh, pass Ryan Dungey for second in the points. That is no longer uh, much of an option as he takes home second. Uh, he only completes three laps, and um, and James Stewart ends up uh, tweaking his knee. Uh, any of you guys seen the slow motion of that thing? Yeah, I've seen the replay of it, and it, uh, it definitely got torqued. It did not look very nice, that's for sure. Oh, that was pretty nasty. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the old uh, CDI2 knee brace uh, commercials or the ad from back of the day where the knee's going backwards or uh, any – if you've ever seen a picture like that, same idea. It did not look good. Uh, it looks like kind of a – at least like a sublex of the knee where he sprained it, so not good. That reminded me of RV when he blew his knee back in the day, where he's just going yeah. into the corner and then pushed. You know, a little bit different situation, but the knee did the same thing, where it just kind of wobbles out to the side, and then that's all she wrote. But that goes back to what I was talking about with Stewart. Stewart will take himself out of these races in a way that you can't predict, you know, and I'm sure he didn't plan that. It obviously looked like he was in major amounts of pain, but uh, getting, if, it's 22nd place to RV's first place. If you're thinking about the guy in a championship hunt, that's not the guy that you'd really be too worried about all the way through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with Eli Tomac uh, coming in second, I think that he might be kind of the start of this next generation that we're talking about. Roxon made a big splash at round one in Anaheim when he won, but then maybe overtrained, maybe something, but he sure doesn't seem to be the same guy. No. And Tomac sure seems to be have a fire lit under his ass. And second place at uh, New York, you know, and he seemed happy and he seemed confident too. Because he didn't, whenever they talked to him, he kind of seemed bummed out. But at New York there, he seemed excited and ready to go into Vegas. 
and that's the Tomac that's dangerous. So if he has that same attitude going into next year, do you think he's going to be one of the players? I think so. I think that uh, Eli Tomac and Ken Roxon are going to improve next year. Uh, Roxon, I'll be surprised if he doesn't make some serious changes to his program uh, just because uh, I think... I don't know if his body type or maybe his the age of it that he's currently at right now is uh, that it, I don't know if it jives with the same program that Ryan Villapoto can be on. I think he did get burnt out this year. I think he would have had more wins or at least have contested for more wins if he hadn't been going so hard with his training regimen. To like, uh, to, like it's nice to see as a as a fan that he's putting in the work compared to years previous when uh, he was accused of going surfing and stuff like that. But when he was going surfing, the kid was winning, and yeah, uh, hard work. He can't. He's on a road bike doing the exact same thing that he does all the time. I'm sure he gets off of a surfboard and he's sore. Like all of us, like we just started riding here in Manitoba. Like I'm still sore from riding a couple days ago. Like you go surf, do something different than your usual schedule, and I think you're going to use other muscle groups. I don't see that as a bad thing. Okay, name one fat, out of shape professional surfer. Go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the Sunny Garcia. chicks love them. Yes, exactly. They're all like core strength surfing makes sense. Like, you know, there is crossovers to that and keep fun with a guy like Rox and obviously he's more about that than say go way back to a Jeff Stanton. Be like, "Hey, go surf." He's like, "No. You're dumb. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go chop wood and then throw the wood and then throw the wood again." You know, I'd tell Rox to go do that. Be like, "Dude, that's what chainsaws are for. You know, like it's just a totally different person altogether. Yeah. And you can't I don't want to get sawdust in my, uh, I don't want to get sawdust in my Instagram posts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, like it's, he's a different guy. You can't compare. I think figure out what works. And I think say a guy like Barsha seems to be a little bit more fun and like that. I'm sure his schedule involves more riding or more, mountain biking, you know, downhill jump, or who knows, and I'm just throwing that out there. And with RV's program, obviously, yeah, it isn't the best program for Ken Roxon. And I think it's kind of not the best showing for Alden Baker to put them all on the same program just because that's what RV's on and he's the champ and that's what he uses. Like, you got to get a little more specialized with these guys and send them off doing their, each their own thing, you know. It's what works for one guy isn't going to work perfectly for everybody else. True. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about Josh Hill. Yes. The uh, RCH Soaring Eagle Saquon. Uh, every single con- the every sponsor under the sun, uh, and he thanked just about all of them on his podium speech. Uh, he did a great job. Uh, he's basically come full circle. He's won one Supercross to his credit back in two thousand and was it oh nine. Yeah, I think so. 2009, he won the Minneapolis Supercross aboard a factory Yamaha. Um, but uh, Josh Hill returned to the podium after many injuries and a lot of drama. And uh, he, 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 uh, he thanked just about everybody. Do you, do you venture to guess who he didn't thank? Mr. RC himself, which is who I think canned him yeah. <laughs> and gave his ride to Vince Fries for the outdoors. But I wonder, like, it's not Vince Freeze, it's Weston Pike. But yeah, Weston Pike. Sorry, I always cross those guys over. Um, but yeah, Weston Pike has the 
RCH bike, peel off the 75, throw the 40 on there, and I don't think he's too excited about that, but he does understand that they've backed him when he wasn't even riding a motorcycle, and then now that he's winning heat, like, what did he win, three heat races this year? That's nothing to laugh at. Like, that's legit. That shows speed, which is what they're all looking for. And work with getting a, what's that? We can work with speed. Exactly. So it shows his speed, and I think it's awesome that he actually drank champagne that they all pop and spray around. You know, normally they put it down, but he's like, no, 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 I'm going to hammer this thing back. And that's always bonus points in my book. But he's fast and he's good, but I don't see him as a good outdoor rider. I see maybe he should build a program around himself. Uh, if, you know, he's got Monster and Fox. If they don't agree with him letting go, per se, maybe work a deal with those guys alone, you could pretty much fund something, I'm sure, for Supercross, you know, get some bikes from someone. But I don't know if he's, uh, rumor has it, he might head up to Canada, but, who you know, for who, with who, who knows, that's just rumor, rumor bullshit. But I'm pumped on Hill, and I think he's really throwing it in the face. He's like, if you want to let me go, here it is. But do you think he has that speed consistently or do you think he kind of needs to ride mad or ride like he has something to prove? I, I think that uh, it definitely helps to light a fire under him. I think that uh, he's he's been challenged in the past and he's risen to the occasion. I think at some point uh, during his career, his his character was has been questioned in terms of uh, how much he buys in and how much that he actually works for it. And I think uh, of all guys who can really judge that. I think Ricky Carmichael made that that uh, that judgment upon him, and uh, the verdict was that he, he wasn't putting in the work. So um, all signs point to him losing his position, and when it really comes down to it, that team is a business, and I think uh, they're, they're going to do a really good job of making sure that they have the best, uh, the best results on the track. And uh, when it comes to... Outdoors, Weston Pike is definitely a, a more favored outdoor rider than Josh Hill. But with Tickle out, do you really see that as the best time? And I think Tickle was out. Well, who knows? And I don't know that, so I shouldn't say that. But with Tickle being out on like a longer injury, is that the best time to maybe dump him? They're going to be traveling around all the outdoors anyways. So is their timing the best to let Josh Hill go? And he has made a splash. It seems like we're seeing more of the Josh Hill from 09 that won that Supercross rather than the earlier post-backflip apocalypse Josh Hill, you know, yeah. where he was blown into a million pieces. And I think we're seeing more of that now. So, you know, if they, if they threw all the chips at him before, why can't they just let him ride it out now that he's obviously getting podiums and winning heat races? Like, he should. But uh, who knows? There's obviously reasons that RC didn't want him on the team, or if RC was even the one, who knows for sure. But, uh, you know, he's finally putting in some good rides, and now he's done. Yeah, but, like, like getting a podium, um, I think, like, he, he gets a podium, and that's the type of stuff that gets you rides. Like, if, uh, if people want to argue that Weston Pike should have a ride for next year, well, he doesn't have no podium, so... No. Um... Like if you're if you're to go in the pecking order, who deserves a a, a factory ride next year? It's Josh Hill over uh, uh, over over um, Weston Pike. 
Well, yeah, I think so, but he's had the chances, and Pike hasn't had the chances, so maybe they're going off that too. And possibly, well, no, I, I wouldn't think that Pike's asking for as much money as Josh Hill would either. I mean, who knows what Hill's asking for? I'm sure he's not asking for, like, A, B. Like, I'm sure he appreciates, but I'm sure he's still getting a couple hundred grand. And I'm sure if you threw $100,000 at Weston Pike and a factory Suzuki ride, he would be more than happy to say, yes, sir, thank you. I'll do the best I can. Yeah, I think so as well. What's uh, what's your take on the whole deal, Ox? Uh, Justin Hill. Uh, Josh. Or, sorry, Josh Hill. Uh, since he's had bro or had his problem with his foot there or whatever uh, with his freestyle accident he's kind of been one of those guys that's you know he's he's showed speed but he's never really pushed it all the way or, or he's 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 kind of slacked off early on it he's had the potential and i think that's kind of the the whole uh, mentality behind the, the rch team is just that like like chris was saying like he's put his time in there and 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 he hasn't really uh, capitalized on it. Uh, when you got a guy like Weston Pike coming up, who's uh, really uh, uh, like opened it up this year and and really uh, had some good rides. I don't know. Do you do you, how far do you carry a guy before it's time to cut him loose and maybe make some changes on on the team? Yeah, it's just a point of shaking things up as well as uh, they gave him a lot of uh, a lot of rope, and uh, if if maybe like, we don't know all the internals, what happens on a week to week basis, maybe uh, it, like if Ricky Carmichael is one of the guys who's forking over a lot of cash, and if he's not feeling respected in uh, in a situation that he's in on a regular basis, I think he has the ability to pull the trigger on making a move like that and uh, to. Uh, to move on from Josh Hill well, and nevertheless... Three, wait, he, just wait. To finish off Josh Hill, three reasons why he deserves a factory ride and he's a badass. One, I already said he chugged the champagne. You don't see that. Like, bring back some 90s, 80s, whatever. You're like, one sip is not going to kill your whole <laughs> life. You did good. You deserve it. Uh, number two, quads. He will bust a quad out of three jumps. He'll make a quad out of some out. Like, you watch his Instagram. You watch him ride practice. It's almost like he's just got, like quad sonar radar like what can i quad out there and does weston pike do that hell no earth nope. would move too much for weston pike to do that kind of stuff so when you look at that like flash factor that's josh hill times a million because he's making like that's what nerds like us like is see who's doing something different rather than the basic bullshit and you know weston pike isn't going to be pulling quads like james stewart Justin Brayton, Josh Hill, you know, and those are the guys that I'd want to have my name on rather than, uh, you know, a solid and consistent. I'd rather have my name on a guy who's actually doing something cool that kids would look up to for that rather than old guys would look up to for being consistent. Yeah, not to take anything away from Josh, he does uh, he does have a, a unique style and and uh, and uh, kind of a personality to him, but uh, but he's he's been up there for a long time and and yeah. I just I don't I don't know if he can make that uh, that climb to the top anymore. No, I totally agree. I think um, I think this is about the ceiling that uh, he can enjoy. We're dealing with a very depleted field uh, late in the Supercross season, and uh, yeah, I agree. He's on the charge 
Uh, but um, you you take a list of the guys who may have been there uh, without having injuries happen, and um, it's uh, you could maybe put a little bit of an asterisk beside this uh, this podium from from uh, Josh Hill. Uh, moving on to Justin Barsha, who you'd think would actually probably have been able to catch uh, Josh Hill at some point, but nevertheless, a very quiet day uh, to get fourth place. No way, him him and Roxon had a good little battle going on there. That was good to see because we know that they don't like each other very much. And that was cool to see that Roxon passed him and then he passed him back and just like, boom, whip in your face, suck this. And that's always good to see from Barsha. I think that's why Barsha has his Barsha fans. And leading into his JGR ride for next year that we all know is going to happen, I think that's going to be cool, bringing in a little bit more excitement because Grant is that guy, but we haven't seen it from him. And that's another thing. Josh Hill versus uh, Josh Grant. A lot of similarities, but Grant always seems to win, probably get more money and a better ride. And I think that's probably just stems from his outdoor ride. So with with Hill not being known as the best outdoor rider, that can't be one of Carmichael's favorite things about him as well. Carmichael being known for his outdoors and not as much for his Supercross per se. You know, like he fought through Supercross where he killed everyone in outdoors yeah yeah i think uh like uh, rocks the the rocks and barsha uh rivalry will be fun for years to come i think the two of them were are going to end up battling for championships in uh uh, in the future um and i I, in my opinion although i think uh ken roxon will be on a different team next year he's basically at least for the rest of 2014 established himself as the dominant rider on the ktm team this year for sure, finishing ahead of Dungey again. And I, you just see it when those guys are battling with each other that it looks like Dungey wants to finish ahead of Rocks and Rocks and doesn't care as much, but I'm sure he does. Like, I'm sure deep down he, you know, wants to finish ahead of the team captain per se. But yeah, it's weird how Carmichael talks about Rocks and a lot more now on the, on the uh, television. So might be seeing him on yellow next year. But. With uh, with Dungey and Roxon, I think that you know Dungey's not going to be pumped. Where going into next year, he's still going to be on that bike, and his young teammate finished ahead of him. Yeah, I think um, I think you you've hit the nail on the head there. Ken Roxon's definitely established himself as the dominant rider on the KTM team. I think he's going to have a pretty strong outdoors, uh, despite. Um, uh, dis- despite um, dealing with some fatigue during this, uh, or, or showing signs of fatigue going down the stretch, I think he's gonna get some much deserved R and R throughout the, the the last round here in Vegas. I think he's probably staying off the bike a fair bit uh, unless he's doing specific testing for that KTM. And um, yeah, I I predict good things for uh, for, for Roxon. Uh, how about Michael Lessie's ride? He gets another second place start and fades back to to, se- to seventh place. Uh, strong ride for the eight hundred. Weird. I think just yeah. again get on a Suzuki, ditch that MCR bike that's made mm-hmm. out of hot tub parts, and just get on a Suzuki, and you'll just do better. Because obviously, there's hot dog hot dog parts. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be delicious. But if there's hot tub parts flying off your bike over triples, I'd be jumping back to seventh place too. So. Get on a freaking Suzuki already. Park the goddamn MCR bike, and it'll just make his life a lot easier. Our, uh, I haven't seen the numbers. Do you know how much horsepower uh, an MCR 450 makes? 
Well, it's actually plugged into 220 volts. It runs off hot oh. tub power. So okay, at 220 yeah. volts, I don't know the direct change over to horsepower, but it looks like it's really good off the start, and then the battery dies because obviously it's not plugged in out there. So yeah, maybe yeah, we yeah. figured this out. So once his battery starts trickling out, seventh is all he can do. So maybe they should work on testing new batteries for his hot tub bike. I think so, especially if they're going to go outdoors with the thing, because otherwise he's going to even he's going to be go extra reverse. Uh, but on the hot rounds, I wonder if it'll actually turn into a hot tub, so it'll actually like cool him down and you know make him a little more relaxed going into the end of the moto. That very well could be. Like uh, only time will tell, but uh, uh, should help him up, help him out in the Great White North. Yeah, keep warm. Sell hot tub covers. Excellent. Uh, enough talk about that because it was scintillating. Uh, moving on to a much more interesting character, none, none other than Andrew Short, who I'm sorry, I just can't think of a, of a character more boring than watching Andrew Short ride dirt bikes. Well, he's such a fair-haired individual that I, I think he might actually be, he was just born invisible, you know. And Very well, could be. His eyebrows currently short. If he dyed his eyebrows and his hair black, I think we would see a whole resurrection of Andrew Short, and I don't know if the world would be ready for it. Yeah, like uh, shades of 2003 when he uh, when he won the East Coast Shootout in Vegas. Did he have black hair? No, but he was on a Suzuki, number 42 on the, the Motor, hell does Motor that World. Have to do with anything? Nobody was on a Suzuki. Yeah, that that's relevant. Um, but Kennard <laughs> with a ninth finishing behind Short. He's so freaking fast. I wish he would have finished up higher. Uh, I think he's going to really be pumped going into outdoors. This season has done nothing for him so far. So I like Kennard, and I want to see him do good at Helen and just stay on his bike and not have a major bone in your body snapped in half for once. Because, like, there's only so many times you can break your pelvis and your femurs and stuff. Like, that's just bad. Like, that's not fingers and wrists. and Well, I mean, none of that's good. But, you know, he just seems to have such major injuries and come back fast. But ninth doesn't really show that. And I'm sure with Josh Hill on the podium and Pike getting 10th, Hill was digging that as well. No, I totally agree. I think um, Kennard, Kennard is... He just came in too late. I think it's it's tough to uh, jump in end of the series and and really run with those guys, especially when your 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 focus starts to switch to going to outdoors. Uh, I'm not sure sure much how much he's contribu- contributing to the, the the testing for the outdoor series, but nevertheless, uh, makes it very difficult. Um, yeah, what happened to Josh Grant? Did he fall? Probably. I think he bailed pretty good. He must have, because 16th place is unacceptable. Ronnie Stewart with another awesome finish. Uh, he was fist pumping, uh, and after actually, I think him and Weston Pike uh, moved through in the the uh, the semi. Um, Ronnie yeah, Stewart. Yeah, they had some not, words after that race when I Pike think stopped. he was a little bit confused as to why uh, Pe- Preston or Weston Pike had to be so had to be so mean there in the last corner. But, you know, I figured it out. I figured, I totally figured it out. It's a fucking motocross race, you idiot! Like big, like yeah, you're both qualified. Are your best friends? No, like yeah, I'm gonna pass you and get a better position. Like man, why did you pass me? Like is that the dumbest thing to be upset about at a motocross race at the professional level? Like 
yeah, he wasn't going to T-bone him and take them both out. It wasn't that nasty. It wasn't that close of a move. But, yeah, if it's the last corner and there's a guy in front of you, you're going to try to pass him. Imagine that. No, totally. I think uh, Weston's been known to race right to the very wire, and I think we're going to have uh, – you'll see more of that going forward uh, throughout, throughout his career. He's uh, he's a gamer, and he's going he's gonna to continue to push – uh, Jacob Weimer, first race back after his injuries uh, sustained early in the series. Um, what do we uh, What do we take from his eleventh place finish? Is that pretty much standard for a guy who hasn't raced in a while? I would say that's probably not too bad. Maybe a little uh, a little uh, lower place than than Weimer would would like to be, or where he regularly regularly is in the, in the season at this point in time. But uh, coming back from uh, from an injury. Uh, I think he's got to be pretty happy with the 11th place. Hey, he beat James Stewart. He did beat James Stewart. And you know what? James has been pretty strong in the series. So uh, that's a pretty stellar performance. Um, not only completing all 20 laps. Um, actually, he didn't. He was a lap down. Never mind. He completed well, okay, 19 I laps. Just to go back to Pike for a second, because it is keeping my head and how dumb, like why that guy was upset. Okay, so Ronnie Stewart is upset that Weston Pike slammed him in the last corner for a lead. Like, That's right. Weston Pike's behind him, and sorry, Ronnie, but he's looking at this guy with a cue ball helmet on, being like, I'm not getting beat by a guy with a fucking pure white helmet on. And Ronnie Stewart's like, sweet, I'm in third, this is awesome. Weston Pike's behind me, he's not going to hit me. Like, He's not known to be like one of the most aggressive dudes out there and built like a freaking tank. So... Pike's not getting beat by a cue ball helmet, and, you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, Blair Morgan ran a cue ball helmet back in uh, 99, so I- I'm a fan of that white helmet. So That was 99, and that was a long time ago, and that was in Canada. Many different things were involved in that. In this day and age in Supercross, you run a pure white helmet, you deserve to get slammed by Weston Pike in many corners, not just one. <laughs> So, suck it, Ronnie Stewart, in your white helmet. Put a fucking sticker on it, you know? Come on. There's many, many graphic companies out there. Maybe he's uh, doesn't have any... Does he have any sponsors listed? He does. Several, actually. Um, he could have put any number of logos on. Maybe even stop. a Yoshimura uh, sticker. Perfect. Or even uh, Dirt Candy Graphics could have made him something. Uh, nevertheless, I think uh, he was... He, Put in a good ride. Chris Bloss with another good ride. Fifteenth uh, place. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona's Chris Bloss uh, coming into, I guess, one of his home. I guess his hometown Supercross. No, wait, they have a Phoenix Supercross. Never mind. Jeez, uh, but uh, at least one close to home. He won't have to. I, bear, I, I doubt he'll he'll fly to uh, to Vegas. And uh, yeah, that wraps up the four fifties. Ryan Villapoto leads wire to wire. He collects the thousand dollars for the. The whole shot, and he collects all the other uh, major winnings for the for the race, uh, collecting rough. yet another cha- yet another championship and yet another win. Uh, excellent ride by Villapoto. That that wraps up um, the East Rutherford, New Jersey Supercross, and now moving on to Las Vegas, where I think uh, there's a couple extra characters that are going to be in attendance uh, this weekend, and I think we're pretty excited about it. Yes, no, bye, guys. Well, I think it's going to be good, but I know I'll be there. You're probably going to get arrested Friday night 
Um, just <laughs> be way too excited and realize that you're not in Winnipeg, Manitoba anymore. So I'll make it to the race and handle that. And I, I promise I'll bail you out at least before your flight home. But I think can, it's going to be. Can you get arrested on the plane? What's that? Can you get arrested on the plane before you oh, yeah. even land? Definitely. Very, very yeah. possible. But yeah, so I think it's going to be an awesome time. Who knows what shenanigans we're going to get ourselves into out there. But I think oh, it's just going to be... Oh, uh, and Tyler Bowers is going to be on the uh, Team 2-2 bike. Oh, yeah. Well, and I got to see him race there last year. He was solid all day on that bike. And he's he kind of has this little niche in arena cross. And he doesn't, you know, I think he does it good. He makes some money. It's easy to him. I don't think he's going to get injured on a freaking hockey rink track as much as you would in Supercross. And he cleaned up last year. So hopping him on a 450, he's a really big dude. Um, and they used to race 450s in arena cross. So he can't do bad. I think for sure, you know, at least top seven type of thing. I wouldn't even doubt to see him in, say, fifth place. Well, you just went full uh, You just went full um, robot on me. I like robots. I'm, I'll get Davalos the number to my robot doctor. But I think he's going to get possibly even a top five ride you can see it you know it's a good bike that he's obviously very familiar with he probably has one very similar at home so he's going 450 it, though i know he he used to race 450s in across i'm sure he has a 450 at home right yeah so who knows if he doesn't probably. just take some fancy parts off of reeds put it on his own graphics it up and good to go you know whatever you're the most comfortable on but no I, i'm pumped yeah. to see him do good out there and show some of these guys that arena cross isn't kind of a second tier sport that some of these guys are legit. Yeah, after his uh, Tyler's little, uh, uh, I guess, showcase last year, I, I kind of we might see him a little bit uh, in Supercross series this year. But uh, but no, yeah, he's kind of laid low and stuck to the arena cross thing. And and uh, I think I think uh, him on the the two two more sports bike is gonna gonna be good. And I think it's gonna. Uh, be surprising for people out there. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I think, uh, I think Tyler Bowers is the kind of guy who can step into a series and, and perform. I think uh, at one point he was highly touted to do quite quite a bit of damage as uh, as a racer in the uh, the Supercross series. And once after he found his niche as a as a an arena cross guy, he just kind of stayed that way. Like I think. He would be able to uh, have good finishes in Supercross, but uh, being the king of uh, Arena Cross is uh, a little bit more. Uh, maybe is it pre- more prestigious? Is it, does it pay better? I don't know. More ladies, maybe. I think back to what I he's saying. I think he's married, but I actually, you know what? He's he's dating a monster girl. So uh, there you go. You know, like, he's well invested in the company, and yeah, he's just loving the arena cross deal. Yeah, seventh place, four fifty Supercross guys don't get to date monster girls. It's just the way that it is. So, but he winning's fun. Like RV was talking about, yeah. winning is always fun, and at the professional level, there's only so many people that can win each weekend. So I think he likes having that spot and a bunch of number one trophies yep. in his trophy room. And why not keep it going? Show up. And think of his story. Everything that he does, like he showed up last year. Yeah, I won the arena cross and the one race that I did at the pro supercross level, I won as well. So, you know, why not keep winning and doing what you're doing and cash and checks and stay in good shape and bang monster girls. And bang monster girls. 
Uh, so what's what's on the plan for uh, for Las Vegas there, Chris? Uh, are we obviously we're going to take in uh, the Supercross race and all day Saturday? Uh, we get in pretty late on on Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably Friday. I'll just be a couple beers, get ready for the next day because Saturday is a long day, especially if we're going to make it to the Circle Bar at the Hard Rock and stay up all night with. Who knows who will end up there, and so that's another thing is you got to think of the future. They pump so much oxygen in those places you're never falling asleep. But Saturday can be a long day if you're there for practice the whole day and the circle bar. So I think that's going to be an awesome time. And Sunday is going to involve nachos and sleep. Sapphires. What sapphires? Look it up. Yeah, you would, you creep. <laughs> Don't make the mistake that I that I uh, frequently do uh, traveling to Vegas, and that's uh, getting what? too carried away the first uh, few hours that you're on the ground, and kind of okay. puts a damper on the rest of the trip sometimes. Uh, enlighten us uh, there, uh, Alex. Uh, I, I feel like there's either one or a couple of stories behind that statement. Well, not well. There's a couple stories, I guess, but nothing that's. Uh, that would be any out of the ordinary than anybody else. But, yeah, I've on a few occasions uh, found myself at the McCarran International Airport uh, catching a taxi to the hotel to uh, find out that you're a little early for check-in. And, you know, you hit the strip, you go, to down, the, you go down the street to Diablo's, you have some Mexican food and some drinks, and next thing you know, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, you're running rampant down the strip uh, in and out of casinos and swinging down the uh, the crosswalks, uh, stairways, and all kinds of things that you shouldn't be doing. And then you find your the rest of your uh, vacation is a little uh, hard to get through because, uh, you know, you might have overdone it a little bit uh, the first uh, first night on the, on the ground there. On a strong yep. rum beverage in a guitar-shaped S- vessel. Yeah. Sometimes you get there on a Monday night. And sometimes on that Monday night, the streets are kind of dead. And sometimes they turn the water off on the fountain in Caesar's Palace. And sometimes you climb into that fountain, up into the top of that fountain. And sometimes the local authorities ask you if you want to go to jail that night. And sometimes shortly after that, you end up getting to a uh, gentleman's establishment for five hours and and sometimes your sister pays the tab and you leave at 7 30 the next morning sometimes yeah well it goes with that saying right what happens in vegas stays in vegas well that's just because you're so ashamed you don't want to talk about it (laughs) and and sometimes you explain the whole thing on an internet podcast show that could be listened to by literally anyone Uh, true good thing nobody listens (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, like, um, let's uh, let's finish off with the two zero four skate shop question of the day. And today's question is for you guys, uh, and I guess my I can answer it myself as well. Uh, no. What would be that? No, you're not allowed to answer. Okay, fair enough. Uh, if you were to come out top ten in Supercross, uh, the next Supercross you'd be top ten uh, for opening ceremonies. What song would you come out to, and why? Do you know what, Alex? Oh, God, I don't See, know. Probably something cheesy and old, like some 
old Aussie or Guns N' Roses, something stupid like that, get you all pumped up and ready to to. Like back in on. back in black. Welcome to the jungle would be Alex's. Nah, I'm or, thinking more like Crazy Train or something. So that's <laughs> kind of more of my style, riding all over the place. You know, kind of unpredictable. <laughs> You know, during your first moto of the year, I'm going to put Crazy Train on my iPod and have it playing <laughs> over the surround, the huge speakers in the at the races, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> See, I think I'd come up to like some old disco tune or like, like why can't we be friends? Just, or like Rasputin? You know, like something that is obviously super serious and... Yeah, assesses your aggression out there. Yeah, I think I think I think you come out to Rasputin no, or no, uh, believe not- in a thing called love by the darkness. Nah, yeah, there's one point that that probably would have made sense, but uh, go way back, disco days. Meow. Yeah, that's my cat. He's awesome. That's Mr. Kitty. Right on. Well, thanks for doing this uh, the show, guys. Uh, we'll have it up in a couple of a uh, couple hours here, and uh, yeah, again, thanks for uh, breaking down the race, and hopefully everyone enjoys the listeners not only our banter but uh, the mistakes that we make and uh, the opinions that we have and um, the the misinformation that we draw our opinions from. It's all very positive. So uh, thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.